every Rosh Hodesh, uh, we try to bring in a speaker, uh, usually somebody who is... Sorry. Eh? All right. Thank you. Right. Somebody who's been very active uh, in the world of the business or professions, uh, speaking to us, describing life outside the yeshiva, after yeshiva. So first, Baruch uh, is a close and dear Talmud for many, many years. Uh, how many years since you started? Almost 30 years. Uh, one of the, uh, the the first couple's uh, apartment uh, residence uh, were Baruch and... Uh, here in this building? Right? Was it 29 years ago? Baruch and Tammy Levinsky. Uh, their oldest son was born uh, while they were uh, residents of this building. still remember the uh, speech you made about your grandfather. Right? Tubby. Wow, that's, uh, that's really impressive. <laughs> okay, my long-term memory is improving with age, and <laughs> short-term is. Uh, is uh, um, and we've been very, very close, and since then, and he's been very close with the yeshiva. Um, if you read the blurb that was on the on the uh, bulletin board, uh, it explains that uh, Brent is a financial uh, planner, investment manager, but the blurb also tells us that. Uh, much of his professional life has been dedicated to helping people, uh, to help people make aliyah, to give financial advice. Uh, he wrote a book about uh, helping people plan their aliyah uh, in ways that will uh, make financial sense, that they'll be able to maintain the standard of living that, they're, that we, they would hope for. He's involved in, in several uh, chesed organizations, in the Ramat Chemish area where he lives, where he's been living. Um, and, uh, you know, in general, it's, he's, a, you know, he's an example of somebody who uh, makes a living, but the primary purpose is to help people. Right? Some people, their primary purpose is to get, to take, and, well, you can't take without helping people. And some people's primary <coughs> interest is to give, but you can't give unless you take something in order to support your family. And that's what Gorach does. But I just wanted to add one word, if I could be allowed to give a little mini schmooze um, about uh, Gorach, because what it says in the blurb um, is a very, very small part of who Gorach and his family really are. And I'll give you a marshal, a uh, marshal that speaks to me. Uh, let's say people are on a... Uh, a luxury cruise. And there's people, guests, or whatever they call them, the passengers on this cruise, um, and they're having a great time. Right? Who do they recognize? Who do they give thanks to? Who do they give the tips to? You know, the waiters, the cooks, right? the entertainers. Right? These are the people who, right, they make the experience the experience. Right? But who are the really important people in this boat? Those are the guys in the engine room. Those are the guys who are keeping this boat afloat. Those are the guys who are making sure that, that, we, <coughs> that the boat gets to where it goes. They are unsung, and, but that's the motor that motivates everything. Uh, the the nimshal is, for a bentora, with all one's activities, doing business and doing chesed, but there's got to be a motor which is unsung, 
which is beneath the surface, which is behind the scenes. And that motor, that engine, which keeps us going, is Limur HaTorah. That's where it begins, and that's where it gives the koach for everything else to happen. If a person has a solid connection with Limur HaTorah, so then all of his works will be blessed with the energy of Torah, will be blessed with an energy coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and his every activity will be a holy activity, because it comes from a place of Torah. And knowing Baruch very, very well, right, he's a Kovei Itim Torah in a very, very serious way, Right, he, uh, his home I had the honor. My wife and I have had the honor of being his guest for Shabbos several times. Uh, home is run in a very way of a ben Torah and raising a beautiful Torah family. This is what gives the the koach. This is what the engine that, that makes everything move. And so, therefore, when we listen to Baruch speak about his experiences, we should understand that the outside you can put on a blurb. The inside is a pneumius that you can't put on a blurb, but that's what really makes everything work. And with that, we'll have the book say a few words to us. Okay. Um, I don't know uh, how exactly I'm going to live up to that uh, introduction. Um, when, when Rabbi Karlinski calls you to ask you to, to speak, so anybody who knows Rabbi Karlinski knows it's very hard to say no to Rabbi Karlinski. But it's not just saying no to Rabbi Karlinski, but it's also an incredible feeling of a karasatok that I have towards the yeshiva, to Rabbi Karlinski, and to Rabbi Hirschfeld, and Rabbi Schur, and, and all the rabbanim, because who we are, who my family is, who everything are, who we are really is a product of, of Chappelle's, and, and Darchei Noam, and... Uh, I hope I will be able to share with you a few thoughts, at least, um, that can give you a little bit of insight. I'm not going to say I don't think anything too controversial, but I might have a little something that might not be exactly what some of the other guys might have heard in some of our early speakers, earlier speakers. But I understand this has been a series of alumni that have come. Um, I'll give you a little bit of background on myself and my family, and uh, you can kind of hopefully see a little bit of yourselves as well in our in our journey. So I grew up in Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Kind of, I don't know if anybody's heard of that, right? Way out, there's a Canadian here. Where are you from? Montreal. You're from Montreal. Okay, so I grew up in, in Winnipeg. I had a traditional kind of background. <coughs> Went to like a community school, but didn't go up from. And I eventually made a decision after traveling to Israel, spending some time here in university, that I wanted to increase my commitment. So I moved to Toronto and started to learn and started to come to Israel on different trips, Made spent some time at some other yeshivas first. Just didn't connect 100%. And I had one of my rabbanim from Toronto who saw that it just didn't connect. And he took me and we made a meeting this is when Chappelle's was still in, in Kiryat Moshe, and I sat down with Rabbi Karlinsky, and we spoke, and we connected, and I connected with the yeshiva, and I spent the summer learning, and I went back, I was still single at the time, I went back to Toronto, and I finished my MBA, and I got married, and, and I got married to a Madrasha Rachel girl, who had been learning with also, um, in the summer as well, here in Israel. Tell them what Midrash Rachel is. 
And, uh, and then I finished and we came back six months after we got married. We had a couple of suitcases with us and that was it. We wanted to learn. We wanted to just spend time. We lived here in the community first for the first six months when we were still in, in uh, when the yeshiva was still in, in Kiryat Moshe. And then the yeshiva started moving, transitioning over to Beit HaKerem. And of course, I had been told by the yeshiva that I would have an apartment already by Elzman, I think it was supposed to be. Right? I hear you laugh, but I wasn't laughing then. I know, so I had, I had no place to live because I had an apartment that I was supposed to move into here. And we started moving around to different places. And eventually, we actually moved into here. We were the very first residents in this building. Before the yeshiva moved in, we were living here with all the Arabs who were doing all the finishing touches on the building. It was, it was us. What's that? <laughs> when I saw the, uh, the, the, the renovations upstairs, I'm like, wow, they're still fixing that same <laughs> skylight. We were doing the same thing 30 years ago. It's like, some things don't change. It's, uh, so anyways, we, 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 we were the first ones in the building. And my son was the first bris of a student in the building. I think Rabbi Karlinsky's or Rabbi Becker's were the first uh, uh, Hanhala, you know, students who, uh, teachers, Rabbanim who had children or who uh, had brises here, but we were the first student who had uh, simcha here in the building. And we, we learned, we learned full time for a couple of years. And we stayed connected to the yeshiva when we were living in the community and in Kiryat Moshe and in Givat Shaul. Um, and we've, Baruch Hashem, been able to stay in Israel and we moved out to Beit Shemesh after a few years in, in Jerusalem. Um, I've been working pretty much, you know, since that time here. Originally I was in high tech a little bit and finance and then, and in high tech and, and about 20 years ago I started my own business. In Baruch Hashem, it's been Matzliach. We've been very successful, um, and we've been successful. I view it as not just from a financial success, but because we've been able to help a lot of people. Because, uh, as uh, Hirschfeld said, uh, you know, a big a big focus of what we try to do is is to to help people with transitioning here, help people understand the system. Um, and uh, and to hopefully stay because I'm a big I'm a big Sioni in the sense of I think that that if you can stay and if you have the ability you know and, and it's really an incredible source of incredible merit to be able to stay and to live and to raise your family here in Eretz Yisrael. Um, I recently just went back to visit my parents in Winnipeg and another family in Toronto. Whenever whenever I go back. I'm just amazed that, like, I feel like when I come back to Eretz Yisrael, I'm like, it's like I'm breathing air again. I just, I feel like the difference between Chutz Laaretz and, and, and being able to have the sluice of really being able to be here in the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael and to, and to be involved in really Jewish history happening on a day-to-day basis, it's like unbelievable, right? And we're living, being, you know, Pesach and, and, and Shavuos right now, and we have Yom Ma'ut and we have Yom Yerushalayim, and we're going to have Shavuos, and, and it's just like there's so much happening now. Um, when you're outside of the country, you're disconnected. You just don't feel like you're really connected, and, and when you're here, you feel like you're really part of it. 
So it's, uh, it's a very big sluice. Um, okay, I'm going to break down a few of, of my comments into kind of two main areas. One is during yeshiva time, and one is, and the second is after. And from what I understand, and, and really the insight I hope to give you, is really going to focus on the second part. The first part, I know a lot of people have spoken, and you have all amazing rabbanim and people who can direct you here in terms of your time in the yeshiva, but I'll mention just a few things that that I like remember in terms of my time um, here, and it's, it's always good to just hear it again another time. I'll say it really quickly, but um, your time at yeshiva is a very, very precious time, whether it's weeks. You know, I know it's a new zman. We have new students to welcome today, right? But whether it's weeks or months or whether it's years, the time is incredibly precious, and you should just try to use that time as much as you can. Really take advantage of every minute. Take advantage not just in terms of the limud, in terms of, of learning and, and acquiring skills, right? Everybody's going to talk about skills. Chappelle's has a major reputation in terms of being able to develop skills and, and teaching you how to learn how to learn, right? But that's not it. It's also, it's a time that you can introspect it's time that you can think about your life and what you want to be doing in your life and really take advantage to, you know, to decide where you want to be, how you want to live, who is the person that you want to be. I know that, that I spent a lot of time, a lot of my time, originally when I was single and living here in the dorms, and then eventually when I got married and we were starting a family, but we spent considerable amount of time in the foundation really thinking through those issues and 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 it's you got to really take advantage of that time um, obviously you want to learn as long as you can you want to try and take advantage of it you're not going to remember in 30 years whether you were right it was like a year or a little or a, a two years you're not going to like in the career path you're, you're not going to remember that but having that extra time here will really make a difference um, and it will also provide you with the basis, really, for everything else that will take place going forward. Um, and just the other one point I'm going to mention with, in terms of your time here. So the lean mood is important. The learning, what you acquire, the skills. But I'll also tell you the midot development. You know, development of your personal characteristics is no less important either. The Rabbanim have so much to offer in terms of personal examples and what you can learn and people you can connect to that are associated with the yeshiva that you can also learn from that I also think that that's a, a major thing that you can take advantage of. The ability to, to introspect and to develop yourself personally and to see the things that you want to work on, it's really um, very, very important when you're in yeshiva to have both the limud side, the learning but also the character development, because they go hand in hand. If you, you know, see a Tamil Chacham and he doesn't have good midos, so he's not a real Tamil Chacham. It also comes hand in hand. And I think that you're gonna, you'll see that from all the staff, rebunning, that it really does go hand in hand here in this institution. Okay, that's, that's the during yeshiva. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a little bit now more insights in terms of some of my thoughts in terms of post-yeshiva, in terms of how to integrate um, the learning that you're doing here now into the rest of your life after and 
um, hopefully can give you a little bit of insight um, in terms of how I think that people can be successful. You know, if we've had any success, uh, I think that there's no question that it's because we've tried to integrate the Torah that we've learned here together with doing other things as well in the secular world, whether it's learning, whether it's working, sorry, whether it's in being involved in the community, but but there's like, you first have to have that, that grounding in something that is Torah-based, right? Like the mashal that the Rav gave about, you know, the engine room and trying to, you have to have first like that critical basis. And when you have the critical basis, so then you can go and you can integrate that into the rest of your life. But you have to first have it. Okay, so in terms of post-yeshiva, some of the things that have worked for me, at least personally, um, are as follows. eating, right? People talk about, oh, I have to, you have to have a Seder, you have to have a Seder limud, you have to know... Right? You have to like know you're, you're learning a certain amount of time. I can't overestimate how important it is that you have that kafiyas eating. When you're out there working, when you have pressure from the family, from, from your job, from all the other things out there, from your wife, right? your kids, there's going to be so many different pressures that... If you don't have a set Seder, if you don't have time that you know, I am going to learn at this time. And it has to be a time that's going to be effective for you also. Meaning if you come home and it's at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night time and you're just totally exhausted because you've been traveling and you've been working and you have this and you have that and you come and, and it's like you can't concentrate. So that, that's also not going to work. You have to find a time. You have to like create part of your schedule that has that focus on learning, right? And I personally happen to do it also in terms of goal setting, in terms of programs, in terms of limud of, of the daf, of the daf. So I learned personally the daf yomi I have for now many years. Um, I did one cycle in the past, and for periods of time I, I did like a, a different amud yomi type of, of program, but there was always a certain kind of, of kfias, a seder, a, a obligation that I had, you know, that we have to learn. And, and when you're traveling, when you have work and you have all these commitments, it's something that pushes you and can keep you involved in learning probably more than anything else. So it is, it is so critical. I mean, I happen to be more of a morning person, so I get up early and I daven early and I try to learn at the start of my day for an hour or two hours or whatever it is, but I try to make that, that is while I'm fresh, while I'm up, while I can focus, that's my best time to be able to, to, to learn. And so I try to do that. And then everything else is a bonus, right? If I can, can integrate something else after that, if I can you know, learn with my kids or if I can have do some chazara on something in the evening, everything else is great because I know that I've already spent that time and I have that focus and grounding at the beginning of the day. And I find those programs work, meaning whether it's Daf Yomi or Mishnabura Amud Yomi or whether it's like an Amud Yomi program or a Smicha program I've had I've done in the past also where you have a certain amount that you should be learning, have to learn, you have commitments, you have, you have a schedule, right? It keeps you grounded when you have all the other things that are going on around you. It's just, it, that, that is like, you know, 
the critical thing, in my opinion, in terms of you know, really keeping you part of the Torah world. Um, once you start getting into the business world and, and, and your, you know, your parnasa, your profession, etc., you have to have those, you know, that kvius. And, and I also, it's connected, but it's, it's also you have to have goals in your learning. You have to know what you're trying to accomplish, right? If you have a program that you're learning to, for a goal, whether it's a smicha or whether it's just because you want to finish a chiluk of, uh, you know, of Mishnabura or, or a masechet, you have to have a specific goal. You have to have something that, you know, that's going to be pushing you, that is going to drive you to continue to, to, to learn. It's the same thing. It's creating the structure. Um, you know, a lot of what, what I do from a professional, on a professional level, is help people financially to do that. Right? To have a plan in place, to understand where they're going. Right? I always like, uh, I'll try not to like have too much financial stuff in this, but, right? I always tell people, right? When you're, when you're planning your finances, right? If you don't have a plan, so how in the world are you going to get there? Right? It's like going off on a trip with your family and you have no idea where you're going. And you just kind of, you're driving. All the kids are in the back seat and they're screaming and yelling and throwing things at, every, at, at each other. And they're like, when are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? And the parents just keep driving and driving. And they're, they're not getting anywhere because they don't know where they're going. Like, can you imagine going off on a, on a vacation like that? It would be like a disaster because you don't know where you're going. So it's the same thing with your learning. It's the same thing with your finances. It's the same thing with anything that you want to accomplish. You have to have... An idea. You have to have a plan in place. And it doesn't mean that you always have to follow the plan 100%, but you just have to have an idea. You have to, like, do some planning. Right? I'll just uh, I mention that, like, you know, I wrote this book, right, that, uh, that the Rub mentioned that's been very well accepted. Um, and it actually was a, an outgrowth of a five-year plan that I put in, that I had written at, at some point in time, as part of like when I was set up my business, and I said I, I, I also want to like actually like you know write a book and have something, and I and I wrote this plan, and I kind of like it had the, it was in my mind, right? I and I didn't look back at the plan even, but I had written it up, and I and then something happened, and like I had some time, and and I just said okay, that's it, I'm gonna I'm gonna write it, and and it was like an outgrowth of this of this plan that I had had put in place, even though right it wasn't even something that I was like consciously like oh okay I need to do it like right now. Right? But I had in mind there was a certain plan in place, uh, a certain goal setting, and it can make a real impact um, in the long run. Okay, a few other things that are, have been important to me. So when you're learning, when you're trying to integrate learning into your life, try to learn something that you enjoy learning. You want to create simcha in your limud. Because if you don't enjoy what you're learning, and you're not interested in it, it's going to be so much harder to pick up that safer when you're tired and when there's other things that are distracting you or calling for your attention. Right? You really want to find that part of your, of your learning that you connect to. Some people connect to Iyun. You know, Gomorrah, Iyun. Some people like to go through Bikiyas and they like to accomplish and see a lot of, of, of Dapim. Other people like Halacha, Musr, Tanakh, whatever it might be, Chumash. You want to connect to your learning. If you enjoy what you're learning, so you'll come back to it. It'll be the first thing that you open up because it's the enjoyable thing that you have. Right? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's Lahav deal. Like, you know, it's, 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 it's your entertainment, right? It's not, it's not your entertainment. Limud is so much more than that. 
but it becomes something that becomes so much easier for you to come back to if you actually enjoy what you're doing, what you're learning. Right? So, yes, right? We all know that, that Gamora learning is a very important part of our development and we want to be able to develop our skills. Right? But find things that you enjoy. Create that simcha when you're learning. Right? It's, it's really important. You're going to have so much stresses. Right now, everybody's kind of like, right? You're in, you're in, you're on that cruise. Right? Right now, you're like, right? This is like kind of like fairy, fairy tale land, right? You're going to go out to the real world, and there's going to be stresses. There's going to be Parnassus stresses and family and Shalom Bayit, and you're going to have kids, and they're going to have issues, and you're going to be working through, you know, parent-teacher, and you're going to have, right? There's lots and lots of things that are out there. You still, you want to create things in your life. You want to create those anchors that are going to give you simcha and that are going to keep you balanced and, and, and happy. And uh, it's it's really important. And, and as like a, a segue, I'll, I'll mention that that w- one of my pet peeves is is also just creating that balance with your learning. Meaning in life in life in general is that you know I'm 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 into trying to learn as much. I, w- I encourage people to learn as much as they can. I encourage my children, but I also think that there's a major benefit in staying balanced, staying, let's call it state normal, right? Everybody comes with their, with their background of things that they enjoy doing and their personality, and you don't have to give that up, right? You can have a strong Torah life, you can have a strong learning focus, but you can also do other things. And if your family really likes the outdoors, or if you really like you know, being out there and doing other things, so then great, you should do that. And you should integrate that into your life, right? Especially when you have all those stresses. You have to find those things that, that you enjoy, right? And, and it makes you happier and it makes you more successful with everything that you do with your business and your lean mood and your family. Because if you're happy, it just kind of goes out, right? I, I, for many years, right, from the time I was like in my late teens, Till probably like my early 40s, right? I I, ne- I didn't pick up a tennis racket. I had played a lot of tennis when I was a when I was a kid. I loved the sport, and we just didn't have enough time in our day. I was raising kids, and I had you know lots of little kids around, and there was stresses, and there was like building you know your career, etc. And I didn't play for many, many, many years. And in the last number of years, uh, I've like started to get back into it, and and not only is it more important as you age to also stay in good shape and to, um, you know, to be healthy and to use it as a, a real you know, motivator, right, to, like, you know, to stay in, in good shape. But it also, if, it, if it's something that makes you happy and it's something you can integrate, it's, it's very, very important, I find, to create that balance right, between all the different areas of your life, whether it's family, whether it's you know, learning, whether it's health, right? You, you have to integrate all of those things successfully um, in order to feel good, in order to feel good about yourself because you're going to be a much better person and a much more successful person, whether it's in business or in your job or with your family or with your children, if you are well-balanced and happy. And, and I can't uh, stress 
how important that is. I, I find, you know, and, and I do a lot of counseling for people. It, right? I, I tell my clients a lot of times that if I would go back and get another degree right now, it wouldn't be an advanced finance degree or a doctorate or some of that. I'd go back and, and get a social work degree. Why? Because so much of what I do also is counseling people. And, and I find that when people come to you with their financial problems, it's not just the financial problems that they have, that they have other problems also. And I see that when people don't have a balance and they don't have simcha and they don't have that built in, it creates many, many, many other issues as well. So it's really something that's important with your limud and your life and in general just to create um, that balance. Um, and that, another kind of somewhat also related point, which um, I also think is really, really important when you're in yeshiva to be thinking about it, or at least, you know, to have it on, in your mind um, for the future is, is where you're going to live, what community you're going to attach yourself to, who your friends are going to be, right? If you want to be a B'nai Aliyah, if you want to be somebody who's like going up, who's getting stronger, not just, you know, with your limud, but just in general as a person in your development. So who you associate with and the community that you attach yourself to is critical. Right? We settled in Ramat Beit Shemesh eventually, right? after a couple stops along the way. And the community there is, is unbelievable. You know, my wife was just like telling me yesterday, it's just like there's so many things going on. Like there's this year and there's that year and there's this classic project and there's this and you can get associated. Like there's like, you know, there's like something like 150 different shuls and there and there's just so many different learning programs. And, and you know, like, like today, literally today, they are doing this like fundraiser slash they're learning all of Shas. The whole community is learning Shas today, right? As a, as a project. It, it's like... Uh, it, it, if you attach yourself to a community where people are, 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 are like you, they want to grow, they want to be involved in Torah, they want to be involved in, in ruchnius things, so it impacts on you. And if you associate yourself with friends and a community that is not doing that, so then it's much harder. That's not to say that there aren't Rabbanim out there and there will be, undoubtedly be people here who, will, who will, will learn and become Rabbanim and will go to communities where they will be the ones who are trying to strengthen. And that's also incredibly important. Um, but if you're not doing that, if you're not doing that type of shlichus, right, it's really important that you think about right, the community that you want to associate with because they will have an impact on you. And when you are with friends and your friends are like talking to you about, ah, come and join me in this program and there's like, you know, it's like that that positive peer pressure. You want that. You want to have your friends talking about about ways that they, you know, that they can, you know, that they're growing, right? It's like when you get together with your friends and you're talking about oh, something that I learned and at the Bar Torah and, and, and it's like that's what like really like also helps you to be connected and, and to... Um, to really, you know, keep yourself growing even when you're decades outside of the yeshiva. And, and just obviously like community, so I also, you know, I can't, I can't thank my, my wife and my family enough as well bec- that they also keep you grounded. If you have the, that connection with somebody who is encouraging you and who has the same values and is Machshif Torah, right? It sees the same importance that you have with your Limud. It also makes everything much easier because instead of it being, uh, 
you know, your wife is complaining that you're going to learn and you want to get out. No, she's actually getting you out the door, right? She also is like values that so that also it can't is like you know incredibly valuable to um, the entire you know your entire limu process as well. Having that same vision, having you know the long term, you know, seeing the importance long term on your family of learning. Right? When you're an example to your family, when you, when your kids see you learning, right, it has a major impact. It was very funny, like, um, for, for many years, um, I used to learn, right, just like in the base midrash, where I would learn early in the morning, and my kids never actually saw me learning, right? And in the last, like, uh, you know, number of years with corona, and, you know, so I had to switch a number of my different seders, and, and there's doing more of the, you know, on Zoom, and I was, like, learning in the living room more, or at the, or at the kitchen table, and, and, like, you know, some of my, like, younger kids were, like, you know, they, they didn't even, like, realize that I was, like, learning, like, you know, and, and so, you know, at times, like, over the years, I, I have a, a neighbor who's also an alumni, who's also a well-known speaker, uh, Daron Kornbluth, who we, at some point in time we had we had decided and hadn't kept it up necessarily, but we decided that like we were going to learn Chavrusa on Shabbos together and switch between our houses just so that our kids would like have at least you know that they would be seeing that we're learning. So you want to you want to do that also. You need to like be able to give that over and 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 you need to integrate your children's learning by the way also into into your own learning. You can't see your, your, your kids learning as being something, oh, oh, I have to learn with them, I have to go over. No, you can like also make a, a Seder with a child. It's one of the best ways to connect with your kids. If, if you can learn, if you can have you know, accomplishments, you, you can help them, right? It's like uh, you know, the skills that you learn here, the, the tools that you have, if you can acquire them, it just makes it also so much easier and so much more pleasurable when you're learning with your children because then you can also see where they're holding, you can help them, right? The education that we have here really is like you get into the trenches. You really get into the the lesson, right? Not everybody learns like that. And you can give that over to your next generation as well. Um... Okay, I think that's pretty much what I had to give over. The last thing I'll just I'll mention, um, and uh, which is which is just when you're trying to integrate all these things, so you also have to daven. Right? My wife also reminds me all the time: you have to talk, you have a relationship with Hashem, right? You have to daven for all these things. You have to daven for success financially, and success with your business, and success with your learning, right? Because ultimately. That's, you know, we're all dependent on Kodesh Baruch Hu to be able to help us. And when you daven and you reach out and you, you know, you have that connection, so it opens up the, the shefa, the, you know, the, the outpouring from, from, from heavens that can really help you. So I, I hope, I hope, uh, I hope this, I hope that gave you at least something. I can, since Rabbi Karlinski came in, I can just also just re-go, redo what I said before, that I have an endless amount of Hakara Satov to the Yeshiva and to Rabbi Karlinski and, uh, brought me over and, and connected with our family over the years and, and we really are who we are from, 
based on yeshiva and uh, 